Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to the maiden episode of the Standard Issue Podcast. I am so ecstatic. I'm so excited to be starting this. Can you can you hear my smile? Uh, a podcast is something I've always wanted to do, um, but I get distracted by life's uh, distractions, work, other commitments, lack of motivation, and second-guessing myself, really. So I thought, let's just get into it. Let's just do it. Put it out there. You know, before I review myself, right? Besides, people are always telling me I have too many opinions. You should start a podcast. Um, Seriously, though, I have had some of the most interesting and deeply insightful conversations with people. And I sometimes think, you know what? Other people should be hearing this. And so I have created this space where we can talk about anything and everything, as the intro says. And by we, I mean me. I am Muna Zubair. You can call me Muna. And I will be the anchor and host of the show. So let's jump right in. This podcast is not niche, not niche per se, but we will be tackling a myriad issues and situations as the world turns. It's going to be a safe space, you know, just to talk about anything, pop culture, health, societal issues, um, entertainment, whatever. As long as it's current and it's happening right now, you know we're going to be talking about it. So, you know, I will definitely be open uh, to having you, my listener, draw my attention to anything you want me to talk about and we will as the episodes progress and that will be cool so it's so um fortuitous lucky i feel great actually about it that the first episode of the standard issue podcast is right in international women's history month and just the other week we had international women's day so a belated happy international women's day and month to all the women out there you are strong you are resilient you're a queen And I celebrate you. I appreciate you. I love you. And I see you. Uh, Now, the theme for International Women's Day was choose to challenge. And, yo, I put it out there on my social media asking people what they were choosing to challenge. And it was, I got a lot. I'm talking about a maelstrom of opinions and perspectives that I hadn't even considered. And it made me realize just how um, diverse and at the same time how similar the things that affect us are. For my part, I choose this Women's Month, and always really, to challenge violence against women and all kinds of gender-based violence in all its ramifications. Any kind of sphere of violence against women you can think of, I'm choosing to challenge it. I'm talking sexual violence, physical abuse, uh, harassment, verbal, domestic violence, financial violence, because that exists as well. Economic violence is a thing. Um, Female genital mutilation and other forms of reproductive violence. I don't know, you know, how much in tune you are with current events, but around the world, mostly and shockingly in Western countries, some parts of Africa, there has been some sort of uptick on the clampdown on women's reproductive rights, specifically abortion rights. There have been a ban on abortion. They're writing it into law in some states in the U.S. and, you know, other parts of the world. In Poland, there was widespread protests just last October following changes to, you know, abortion laws in that country. In Africa, I think of uh, Zimbabwe, they have really stringent change, uh, laws on that as well. And to me, this is just irksome that these men, 
because you know they are men, can sit in their chambers and legislate on something they don't know anything about without educating themselves on the issues, without giving um, due consideration to circumstances beyond a person's control that would lead to them, you know, taking this as an option. You don't think of the extenuating circumstance and you just outrightly ban it. Like, why are you even enacting laws on what I do with my body in the first place? It's it's ridiculous. So these are the ranging types of violence I'm challenging. Um, you know, it's global, obviously. Uh, you know, if you're in tune with world events, you have probably heard of the Uyghur people in China. Now, the Uyghur are a Chinese ethnic minority. From my readings, I found that they are descended from Turkic people. They look Chinese, um, and I hope that's not racist, but they, they have that uh, stereotypical Chinese Asian face. Um, they are predominantly Muslim. Over the past few years, there has been a systematic persecution of these um, Uyghur men and women. Over a million or two of them have been forced into what the Chinese government is calling re-education camps. Now, I hope you can hear the air quotes I made around the word re-education because these camps are basically concentration camps. Um, it's so terrible that uh, I think Canada and Turkey have come out to say that this is a genocide. I don't know what they're doing, but they're, make, they're, they're trying to make them more Han Chinese. That means more mainstream Chinese. Because of that, they are subjected to brutal torture. They are forced to renounce their religion. They are made to face rampant murder and like slave labor as well. On top of this, top of all of this that I mentioned, the women are subjected to systematic rapes. Look, the accounts of some of survivors of these camps are truly, truly horrific. You're going to have to read up on it yourself because I, I cannot bring myself to recount the gory details. But I'll just say that there are worse things than death. And it's unfortunate. And, and these are the issues. You know, bringing it back home to the continent and to Nigeria. I can think of last year alone with the coronavirus and the lockdown. You know, it kind of opened our eyes to the prevalence of gender-based violence because there was a surge of reported cases and incidences. We could barely keep up. Ah, every week was a new a new event, a new person, a new hashtag. Off the top of my head, and I'm thinking of Tsina, the 16-year-old girl shot by police on the streets of Lagos for no reason. I'm thinking of Uwa, the 22-year-old young woman who was raped and murdered in church. She was bludgeoned to death in church with a fire extinguisher. I'm also thinking of um, Baraka, the 18-year-old first-year student who was raped and stabbed to death behind a family home in Ibadan. I'm thinking of Khadija. This one was five years old, Sierra Leonean girl, who was brutally raped and strangled by her older cousin, and whose murder he tried to cover up with his mother, that's poor Khadija's aunt, whom she was living with at the time in Sierra Leone. I am also thinking of the 12-year-old girl in Jigawa State. We never got to know her name who was repeatedly raped by a total of 11 men over a time period. Look, the rape of maybe, say, an 80-year-old woman by one man is too, too much trauma, let alone a 12-year-old having to endure repeated rape by 11 men. I mean, it's just, I don't, it's just terrible. And my heart goes out to all of these victims, these ones that we know of, and the ones we don't know of because... These ones we know of. So they, they get our outrage. They get our hashtags. But there are so many. It happens all the time. There are so many 
they don't get reported because a lot of the times they are covered up. They don't make the news. And so my heart goes out to the ones that lost their lives to this disgusting thing. I pray they're resting in peace wherever they are. I pray for justice for their families, to the survivors. My heart's with them. Keep your head up. And I pray that the murderers and the perpetrators are brought to book, no matter how long it takes. It's sad, really. And so on my own part, I, you know, continue to volunteer and donate to a number of NGOs that are advocating for the clampdown on this menace to society. So this is really what I'm choosing to challenge. Always, always, even when it's not a theme. Um, and I will be linking some of the resources that I, I know of. If you want to volunteer your time and donate to the cause, I will link them in the description box on whatever platform you are listening on. And so, like I said, I threw it out there, okay? I got so many perspectives. Someone said she was choosing to challenge gender pay gap discrimination in the workplace. This is important. This is, this is, this is a thing. Women are still being paid upwards of 20% less than their male counterparts. Can you imagine? Sometimes they have the same qualifications. They're offering the same work inputs and time. If you were to do a side-by-side evaluation, they're doing exactly the same thing. But the woman is paid considerably less than her male counterpart. It's ridiculous. And, and still on the workplace discrimination against women, someone was talking about discriminations that women face, nursing mothers face in the workplace. And it's just, I was just so pissed off. And this one even hits home close to me because I had a friend who, you know, it's just so sad. Nigerian nursing mothers, some of them, immediately they announce that they're pregnant or going on maternity leave. That's the end of the job. They're terminated. The ones that don't get terminated after they are granted maternity leave, they are paid only 50, 50% of their salary, inclusive of tax. And some don't even get paid at all. Their entire pay for the period that they are not at work is docked. It's funny because in many other countries, yeah, in many other so-called fellow third world countries, maternity leave is granted upwards of four months and above, like 16 weeks, 18 weeks and above. And a lot of them, even within Africa, are entitled to full pay, 100%. So I was saying about my friend, a few days ago we were talking on the phone, she um, was telling me how she had to take her child for vaccinations, immunizations, that kind of stuff. And that she had to be telling her superior, her boss, for days and days that I'm going to take my child for immunization on so-so day, like over and over, just to keep it in his mind. And still that day, he was still calling her. Like, Where are you? Why are you not at work? And she had to remind him, obviously, because you know it's a guy, um, a man, that... Uh, I had to take my child to the hospital for immunization. And I told you, I've been telling you for days. And he just kept calling, like, are you not done? This is why um, he, he says staff should keep their days off work. All Any excuse they have to not be at work, they should keep it till when they're going on their official leave. And she was telling me this, I was like, how? Who plans to not, there, do I know the future? Like, who knows that something is going to happen? And then you just decide, okay, no, let me keep that thing that's going to happen till my first, my official leave of the year. And, and forgetting that, that ridiculous one, this one is about immunizing. What if my, if my leave isn't until like December? So what? I shouldn't immunize my child till then. You know, this is a man who probably has children of his own, but he apparently does not know that there is something they call a vaccination schedule for your infants. 
It means it means that there is a time frame for which you can immunize your child. It just goes to show how involved he is or was with his own kids. Or maybe he even does know, but he just doesn't care. And these are the issues. I'm going to be saying these are the issues a lot, okay? <laughs> because these are the standard issues. Um, you know, time after time, women are made to choose between having a career and having a family. Whereas men never have that dilemma. It's ridiculous, really. And and somebody else was telling me how this one this one actually really resonated with me because I've constantly thought about it. This one was choosing to challenge the notion that we need a day or a month to celebrate and, and highlight the achievements of women. And I'm with her completely because we exist in the same space as our fellow men every day. We contribute to society every day. We achieve, we invent, we innovate. We quite literally bring life every day. We make up more than half of the world's population. Yet we get a day or a month in the year for people to recognize that. It's, it's, a, it's emblematic of how marginalized women are. Think about it. Any day or month dedicated to a particular group, 10 times out of 10, that group is a minority. I'm thinking of Black History Month that it just concluded in the United States, celebrated every February in the U.S. It's just, it's the same thing. It's a month or day to assuage society of its guilt for, you know, relegating you to the background for the past 11 months. So what, after the, after the month, we're back to regularly scheduled programming where you are back to being relegated and discriminated against. It's ridiculous. Um, and that's it. That's just what it is. We are a marginalized group. We are a minority. Despite our numbers and how diverse we are, women are a mi- minority. This minority-ness, this marginalization, crops up everywhere, in every space. Um, you know, think of the sexist notion that a woman's place is in the kitchen. Now, this, this notion only works insofar as you are in the kitchen, in the home. The moment you try to make it a career you would find that a woman will struggle to find identity in, in, the, in the space, in the, let's say the culinary industry space. A space that society has already gendered as a woman's place. You would expect women to shine more in that space or in that industry, but men dominate it. Okay, I watch a lot of um, uh, Food Network. It's my guilty pleasure. Don't judge me. So, and I'm sitting here talking to you, trying to remember off the top of my head any female chefs and none comes to mind and this is not to say that there aren't any they are many and they're all phenomenal but honestly the male chefs are the popular ones i'm i'm thinking guy fieri i'm thinking of bobby flay and only after intense thoughts like really okay i not gotten but see how long it took for me to think of uh, um a female chef whereas it was easy for me to just talk about or mention two male chefs bringing it back home to nigeria i can think of uh, two male chefs again chef stone of red dish chronicles if you're familiar and the one they call the billionaire chef both men i don't know any nigerian female chefs and there are many except maybe chef uh, chioma and she's probably very good at what she does and deserves to shine in her own right, but I honestly, as many of us, <laughs> honestly cannot say that we knew her if she wasn't linked um, with Davido. It's sad. 
And this is endemic of a society that constantly genders certain occupations or careers. A woman can be a capable and efficient mechanic or taxi driver, the same way a man can be a great makeup artist or interior decorator. And these are occupations that are gendered. Men face it too. If a man is a nurse, he's looked on as less than, like, you couldn't be a doctor, you know? And nursing is an integral part of healthcare delivery. These are the issues. And it's funny because when when um, a man is in a supposedly gendered space, uh, when a man is a makeup artist, women support them. When a man is a designer, women gravitate towards them, flock towards them, patronize them, embraces them. But when it's the reverse, when a woman is found in a supposedly male space, whether it's you know engineering or as a taxi driver, men always gatekeep. They will be like, couldn't you find a job that is more befitting of a woman? Women also do it. Women who have internalized misogyny also do it. And it's just wrong, okay? Because if you are skilled and you have the passion and talent for a job, your um, creativity, your output and service is satisfactory to your employer or your clients, or your customer. That's all that should matter. Not not your gender. Your success in your chosen path or field should not be linked to your gender. That's why it's still such a a novel idea to hear that a woman is in STEM. Uh, A woman is an engineer or an astronaut. A woman is a vice president or president. Shout out to the newly sworn in president of Tanzania. (laughs) See, I'm doing it too. A woman is heading the uh, WTO. You know, this is not in any way to diminish the achievements of these great women at all, because these women triumphed in a space that has constantly suppressed them. They have moved the wheel forward and they should be celebrated. But really, if all women are given equal opportunities as men in the first place, there would be no need um, to hinge their successes. These phenomenally hardworking individuals, would it would not be hinged on their gender. And I hope we we continue to break even more ceilings. And maybe in a few years, who knows, there will be no need for International Women's Day or month because we have attained complete equality. They will not say, ah, this person, this woman did this. Just be this person did this great thing. And that will be all of it. You know, a girl can dream, right? And we're getting there. It's not a tall dream because we are getting there. Think on it. uh, Not quite long ago, women could not vote. And now we can. (laughs) And many other things as well. So we've come quite far, and honestly, it's up to us, whether you are a stay-at-home mom or a caregiver, whether you're working a nine-to-five or you're an entrepreneur, whether you're married, single, divorced, the struggle to be accepted as equal, as capable, and as more than just our um, labels and responsibilities is universal. We all face it. Despite how diverse we are, we're the same in that regard. So I'm choosing, again, to challenge us to be intentional about our goals, to continue to turn the wheels of change in our favor. Can I get an amen? (laughs) All right, we're going to take a quick break. And when we return, I'm going to, and at the risk of making this whole episode a feminist rant, but really it's Women's History Month. So of course, of course, I was going to make this gendered so you could sue me. But when we come back, I will be touching on the struggle of a woman to remain married in the public eye. And you probably already know who I'm in. Be right back. Don't go anywhere. And I'm back. 
It's still the Standard Issue Podcast. I'm still Mona. Before we went on the break, we were talking about the things women have to put up with in society and how much scrutiny we go through on the regular. And, you know, the thing that comes to mind to exemplify this, many things, trust me, but one of them is the Harry and Meghan Markle debacle. (laughs) That's a rhyme right there. I'm talking about the bombshell interview with Oprah a few weeks ago. I'm sure you heard it or heard about it or read about it. And if you don't know about Harry and Meghan, you need to crawl out of the rock you've been under because what? Harry and Meghan are, you know, a modern day fairy tale, the prince and the commoner. And against all odds, complete, I'm reading, I'm saying it like I'm reading a fairy tale book to you guys. They, they had completely different backgrounds. Um, they got married and they officially got to work being part of the royal family. And they lived happily ever after, right? Wrong. There was a lot of intense public scrutiny, public press backlash, every action they took, especially Meghan. Um, within a couple of years, they announced that they could no longer be part of the official royal household. They packed it up and moved their baby to sunny California. And they're expecting a newborn. So the outcry was loud. Okay, it was enormous. The British press and the British public called them all sorts, mostly her, all sorts of names. She was labeled an opportunist. opportunist. She was called a diva American actress with no respect for British traditions and royal protocol. And I'm quoting, I'm actually quoting one of the tabloids now. I think they just wanted to set the record straight. Okay, you know, tell their side. I think that's why they did the interview. And oh my God, what a side it was that they told. Shocking revelation. Um, Megan touched on her mental health issues, her mental health struggle, being a member of the royal household. She said she did not feel supported. The public perception of her, the negative reports on the tabloids were on her constantly and she started to feel suicidal. And when she brought up her feelings, apparently she was mostly dismissed. No one took her seriously. So, you know, that's terrible. And the part that the world was shook about was when she said that Harry was asked by a member of the royal family if he was concerned about what color the child they were expecting would be. I'm I'm going to take this again in case you didn't hear me, okay? Someone a high-ranking member of the royal family, knowing fully well that he was married to an African-American woman, this person asked Prince Harry if he was concerned about what color their child would be. (laughs) I think our collective jaws dropped at that revelation. The internet went mad. It was agog. But I want to ask, are we really shocked? I mean, are we, we're shocked, you know, we're shocked that anybody would voice that. But are we really shocked that they hold such views? This is a family whose history is steeped in colonialism and racism. Of course, race relations would be an issue. Beyond that, everyone remembers Princess Diana, right? How much she went through and how she had a much publicized life and an even more publicized death. And she was British. She was white. How much more Meghan, who is not only an American, but also black? It was bound to happen. Still shocking, still sad, but it was bound to happen, really. And, and rather than address the issue, put out a statement of sorts, the royal house that is, you know, they could say anything. We take these accusations of disregard for, for uh, mental health issues and racism seriously. You know, there might be need for institutional change, blah, 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 anything. 
to pacify the public outcry rather than do any of that on the first official um, engagement of William that's Prince William the the elder brother to Harry and his wife Kate they had this black woman in tow with them I mean she's not part of their entourage I don't know what she was but she was prominently photographed okay this lady had an Ankara top with like really freely very lightweight sleeves everyone else had bulky coats on and it was cold but how else are we going to know she's African if, you know, she had won a jacket, we wouldn't see the Ankara. You know, she had these braids on. It was packed in a very Mohawk, very ethnic style. It's, it was just so performative and distasteful, really. Just so gross. And, and these are the issues. You go into marriage with a man because you're in love. But also you go into marriage with a prince and, and you're in love. But you also hope to contribute to the legacy of such an iconic family. But you still have to face a lot of crap and i know it's mostly um race related but the public scrutiny of Meghan markle was higher because she was a woman and that's facts some of the things the tabloids were reporting on were so nonsensical they, they would query her choice of outfits they would compare her expensive and extravagant fashion choices to kate's that's you know her in-law that one had a much more in their opinion modest and frugal uh, fashion taste they would decry her disregard for royal protocol she didn't bow um low enough she didn't curtsy low enough she showed too much leg or not enough leg they would even ask why she was cradling her pregnant belly like can't she put her hand down? it was it was quite mad okay society places such a premium on how women should act or behave what they eat and how much of it what they say everything no one cares what a man does. Okay, if if it was reversed and the princess married a prince, no one would be caring whether he showed enough leg or wore one shoe or the other. You know, it's just... It's crazy. And it brings me to another instance. If you're active on Twitter, a lot of this is happening in the same Women's History Month, though. If you're active on Twitter, you would, um, you would no doubt have seen the Twitter spats a few weeks ago between... Simi, singer-songwriter Simi, um, producer Sam Clef, you know, both of them. Now, what had happened was, it's not even a beef per se, it was just one of those nonsense things that happens online. But what had happened was WizKid, Grammy Award winning, okay, 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 I'm going to talk about this later. Just, I'm going to I'm gonna talk about it later. But Grammy Award winner WizKid, yeah, he posted on Instagram about an upcoming project he had with Temps. You know Temps, incredibly talented singer-songwriter Temps. And the comment section was lit. The comments, you know, was on Twitter as well. People were talking about how they hoped to see Tim's ass in the video. Okay, she, she was basically trending for all the wrong reasons. No one talked about her phenomenal talent. No one said this was going to be a good collaboration and they couldn't wait to hear it. Everybody was just anticipating seeing Tim's ass in the video. Okay, because Thames apparently has a rep for being quite modest in her public appearance. And this is a choice. If she chooses to be, um, to express herself in a more, you know, uh, uh, what's the word? To wear less, so to speak, in, in her public appearances, that's her choice. It shouldn't be up to the fans to decide how a specific a star should look. You know, it's just so funny. And they were saying, eh, hey, we're catching cruise. But really, really, what kind of cruise is that? Of all the cruises to catch. And, you know, Sam Clef, too, joined in the fray. He, too, was saying he wanted to see Thames, but tweet is now deleted. I can't quote him. I don't know what he said. But really, he, he joined in and said he wanted to see 
terms is but and Simi she took umbrage to that she replied this tweet she asked what the fuck is wrong with you and Sam Clef got upset just those five or be seven words got Sam Clef riled up I'm talking if shit he called her fake he called her a hypocrite he said she she chased him out of the gospel industry I honestly never knew he was in that industry but whatever he says Simi was instrumental to his living that industry. He was also saying, it was also querying why she could not just privately message him if she thought he was wrong and that she was using him for clouts. And I'm like, wait, wait. I know I have some Gen Z listeners. How many of you actually know who Sam Clef is? Like, no disrespect, maybe a little, but how relevant is Sam Clef these days that Simi would be parasiting on his clouts? And then why should she pay him the courtesy of calling him out privately for his public disrespect of a colleague and these you see these are the issues i'm with Simi on this i'm sorry a lot of people were calling her a hypocrite saying after all he was not the only one tweeting crap and he was just catching crews but really i'm sure that's Simi's point it's easy for me she didn't call everybody else out because it's easy for me or any other person anyone to tweet crap at or about Thames because no one cares about me or you or any keyboard warrior. And the possibility that I will meet Thames and, and, and when I meet her, it will be linked. I will be linked to my offensive tweets. The possibility is next to zero. Um, but Tom Clef is in the same industry. And even if it's, even if it's not going to happen um, because of how irrelevant he is, even if they are never going to collaborate on anything, it's on record that he said stuff about her. They will meet one day or the other, at one event or the other. It's just so gross and and beyond that you are a celebrity with a platform a considerable one whether you like it or not whether you deserve it or not you have become a role model you have followers they don't call them followers for nothing and i know people will say eh, he's does that mean he's still not he's not human blah blah we know he's human but that's the price you pay for being famous you are who the people follow and so unfortunately people look up to you whether you like it or not, whether you deserve it or not. So your public words, your public actions should reflect someone who puts due thoughts and, and consideration into them. I mean, if for no other reason but to avoid unnecessary attention like this. But hey, they also say that there's no such thing as bad publicity in showbiz. So I guess he probably liked it. Okay. <laughs> Either way, I'm on Simi's side on this. Speaking of shit women go through. Another example is the recent breakup of rapper Quavo and rapper Saweetie. Now, if you're like me and you're old as hell, you probably don't know who the hell I'm talking about. Um, I just managed to know these people. Um, but, you know, you're forgiven. They're American rappers. Apparently, they're, they're, they're like, they've been together for three years now. And um, everybody likes them. Everybody loves them. But they're over. Apparently, according to Suwiti's tweets, um, Quavo was cheating on her quite a bit. And she was done. So he also came on Twitter to express disappointment at her for bringing their issues public. And it's so funny because their entire relationship was public. All the gifts um, that he gave her and everything, their whole relationship, their PDA, everything was public for us to see and know about and get, uh, uh, you know, jealous about. And now he wants it to be private. He didn't address um, the cheating relegation. So it makes me think perhaps there may be some truth there. And just like Sam Clef, Quavo did not want his fuck up to be public. Okay, <laughs> men are funny. Um, hours later, 
I read somewhere that he had repossessed a Bentley he leased for her on Christmas as a gift. Okay? And, you know, a lot of us don't know the, 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 the deepness of these things. We just think, hey, he bought her a Bentley. He leased it. So he's still making payments to it. Um, and a lot of people were saying that's terrible. He's petty. But you know what? I'm with him on this. I can't fault him on that. Okay? If it's a lease, it means he will still be paying for it even when she moves on and she's dating someone else and he used to be paying for the car. That's ridiculous. But if it was a bought and fully paid for car, you know, I could, I could maybe agree that it was petty. But really, if it was a lease, good on him for taking it back. I'm sorry. <laughs> okay? But uh, thoughts and prayers to them, Shah. Now, on to the Grammys. I have to admit, like I said earlier, I'm, I'm, I've gotten old. I'm officially old. I haven't kept up with the Grammys in a bit. I haven't even watched a live award show in years. I haven't cared or kept up. I don't know half of these winners. So, like, I'm old. But this year, we had two Nigerian nominations, or two Nigerians nominated, and both won. I'm talking about Burner Boy for his Twice as Tall album, and Wizkid for his collaboration with Beyonce on the Brown Skin Girl track. Well-deserved all around, even while not being a Burner fan per se. I can, I can say that I thoroughly enjoyed the Twice as Tall album because he is a phenomenal talent. His entire body of work, you know, in my opinion, has shown steady growth. And this is an award he very much deserved. Same with Wizkid, one of the biggest stars out of Africa right now. His Made in Lagos album was mad good. I loved it. I loved it. And I hope he gets recognition for um, his work soon and not, you know, just a collaboration. Still, still, it's great to be nominated, both of them twice, and even greater to win. So congratulations to them both. Proud of them both. And uh, before I leave y'all, I just want to quickly touch because these are the issues. I keep saying this. I saw, I was just scrolling, you know, just minding my business on the internet. And I saw an um, Instagram post by Pete Edoche, celebrated actor Pete Edoche, where he basically said that women bother too much about our men cheating on us. After all, Solomon in the Bible had maybe one million wives. What if your husband wants to marry more than one? And then he goes on to say that women like us, women, if we suspect that our husbands are cheating, that we should buy and put a pack of condoms in our husband's bags. Hmm? The way he sees it, like if the husband sees it, he will feel guilty. That, ah, oh, this woman has my best interest at heart. <laughs> Hear this. Hear this. Not guilty that you are hurting the woman you made a vow to be faithful to. No, 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 no. You are you are guilty. He still found a way to make it about men and their so-called best interest. I'm like, what? Also, why should I have to subsidize your prophylactics? Are you kidding me? Like, really? I should buy condoms and put in your bag for you. What, that he won't, he won't use them? Is that the rationale that he won't use them because, you know, he'll be so guilty? That's seriously naive. If I were a man and I wanted to cheat, despite uh, discovering your supply of condoms, I'll just get my own and use. And if I return, and it's such a Nollywood notion that people need to travel to cheat. Someone can cheat your with your next door neighbor, with somebody in your house. Why do I need a baggage for God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Uh, so when I return, let's follow his line of thought. If I return and I didn't use your own, and you check my bag and you see the condoms are intact, you think I'm loyal or faithful. What if I even use the one you supplied? Then what? It's just, it's the audacity of such a problematic and really regressive statement for me. 
I have so much respect for that Okunkwo nigga. I'm just, look, someone should just take their phone away. If they cannot hire a social media manager to vet the things they are going to be posting, someone should take their phones away. And that's all I'm going to say about that. And with that, we have come to the official end of the first episode of the Standard Issue Podcast. Woo! Round of applause. I think we did good. Okay, thank you so much uh, for hanging with me and hearing me jibber-jabber for 30 plus minutes. I had a lot of fun. I hope you did too. I know I was a bit shaky. You will have to forgive my errors. It's my first time. I promise to be better. And um, hopefully I will be able to hunt down a couple of friends on the next episode and we will banter and it will be great. Now, I meant it when I said I wanted to hear from you, so be sure to follow us on Twitter and Instagram. We are at The Standard Issue Podcast. Um, The links will be posted on the description box of whatever platform you are listening on right now, so you can leave us a line or two or ten. Our email is thestandardissue at gmail.com. We are open, okay? We're open to collaborations, okay? So hit us up on that as well. And that's it. It's done. This has been The Standard Issue Podcast. I have been Muna. Thank you, everyone, and take care. Peace.